0: So we're going to talk about money today, Adam. For rich or for poor, how pursuers and distancers feel about money, and how to think about their financial planning and their personalities and their mutual needs. Hello again and welcome to Foreplay Radio Sex Therapy. I'm your host, certified sex therapist Lori Watson, author of Wanting Sex Again and blogger at Psychology Today and WebMD. And I have with me Dr. Adam Matthews, my co-host who's a couples therapist, psychotherapist and president of NCAMFT. Foreplay is dedicated to helping couples keep it hot. Thanks for listening. Now on to today's topic.
1: Money, 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 money.
0: (laughs) Money. Very good.
1: I know, right? We're talking about money today with your partner for richer, for poorer.
0: So my father-in-law says, whether you're rich or poor, it's nice to have money. (laughs) I mean, Uh, I I think there is something to be said for um, too little money. Yeah. And there's really something to be said for too much money. I mean, some people who are super, super wealthy... I mean, have more problems, different problems. It's very weird.
1: But how we, yes, but I mean, money's a weird topic anyway.
0: It's a weird topic. I think what really matters is how we are communicating with each other about it. And when we really search our hearts about how we feel about money, how we feel about our spending habits, how we feel about having, you know, what kind of money, a game my husband and I have always played is, okay, how much money do you need to have in order to feel secure? When do we need to say, "Okay, that's enough," or we're making enough and, you know, stop feeling anxious? You know, yeah. because I think you can feel anxious. I have a friend who has millions of dollars and he's always anxious. I mean, always always anxious. Yeah.
1: Well, cuz like it's crazy. Yeah, cuz then you have money to lose, right? I mean, I think there's always or you need you feel like you need more. I don't I don't know what that is, but um fully not being a millionaire myself. Um, But, I mean, everybody has deep-seated feelings about money. You have a relationship with money, whether you've acknowledged this or not. Like everything else, it kind of comes from our parents and how we watched our parents spending money or pursuing Mm -hmm. money. And we can have a reaction against or we can have a reaction where we fall in line with their views of money. There's just all kinds of things that happen in regards to our money because we can't avoid it. Mm -hmm. Our relationship with money is not something that we can avoid because it's part of – Everyday life, it's part of how we survive, how we live, whether we have it or not. It is is—it is a part of life, right?
0: Yes. Yes. And it crystallizes our issues. I think in the same way that sex tends to crystallize our issues, dealing with money brings everything up.
1: Mm. Yeah. And it, and it can fall along the lines of what we're, we talk about on the show about pursuers and distancers because pursuers are going to look at money differently than distancers. Right. And and how they approach it is going to be different.
0: Mm -hmm. So I think there's a difference that is maybe typical. I I don't know. This is 100 percent, but a difference in terms of the way pursuers want to deal with money and the way withdrawers or distancers deal with money and the relationship between them. I mean, Mm -hmm. many times I see couples in a split where one of them is saving for the future and the other is feathering the nest. You know, Mm -hmm. one person not necessarily as just a spender, but their priorities are on family, their children, having a nice house because it's a relational context. You know, right. I I want us to spend time together now. I want us to go on vacations now. I want us to our children to have what they need to have now.
1: Yeah, the relationship um, with money, oftentimes for pursuers, they are more anxiously attached. Right. So I think you can think of it in terms of anxiety that comes up around the subject of money. Mm -hmm. So for some people, um, I've had clients who were pursuers who wanted to save uh, as much money as they can so that they would have the freedom to do more with their families. Um, Uh I've also had pursuers who were more anxiously attached, who felt the time was slipping away and they Mm -hmm. didn't want to save for the future because they wanted to be able to have experiences with their kids or with their husband or wife or spouse and they wanted to do those things now because they were afraid the time was going to get away so their relationship with money was dependent on where they saw the threat to the relationship or the threat to their family mm-hmm. right and that's yeah. what they I were like that. that's I what mean, they I were think reacting right. it can to
0: go, it can go either way
1: Right. But it is I do think that it's it's it is relational priorities, right, that drive how they feel about money, Um, you know, and then so they perceive those threats to that attack, whatever the attachment is, and they their use of money is going to go to solve those. So these might also be people um, that press their partner to spend more money on date nights. Right, mm-hmm. because they're because they want that what was it, um, to the happen.
0: Great, the hotel that you talked about last week.
1: Th- that was you <laughs> who talked about. Who talked, no, you said. It, and I that? said
0: that was so great. See, Madison confirmed.
1: I, I don't remember. You're not talking about Hotwire. I thought you were talking about Hotwire.
0: I was talking about Hotwire. Okay,
1: that's cheap. Uh, oh, we said no. We're saying splurge a little. We're just saying splurge you a little. Said splurge a little. Yeah, so just okay. splurge a little. But yeah, I mean that's that's where it's where they send the threat. But it is uh, it's where they see the threat. But it is in the service of relational priorities and how they're going to keep things secure and attached um, in their relationship
0: you know and oftentimes right pursuers overreact and make assumptions when they're discussing finances it's because of their anxiety you know Mm -hmm. their anxiety is driving them i think sometimes it it could be about almost anything we're going to run out there's not going to be enough i think that's a typical pursuer Mm. issue or my partner is going to take advantage of me. Although I've heard withdrawers say that too, so I get—I guess it's hard. Yeah. But both people, uh, when it goes poorly, are afraid and feel anxious.
1: Right, and the, uh, typical. A lot of times, pursuers are going to feel like they don't have the information mm-hmm. about th- what the other person is doing financially.
0: Yeah. Right. So they need so, a plan. Yeah. And a black and white plan.
1: Right, and they're going to want to talk about it way more. Right. Yes. They uh, are. I mean, typically, um, yes, anxiously attached people, pursuers, AKA Lori, is going to want to talk about like what is happening with the finances and want to knows. So to to a distancer, it's going to feel like they're being critical of how they spend money, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna it's gonna come across as criticism um, because the pursuer is going to want to know where what's happening um, and have that plan. As best as possible. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't even mean that they. The pursuer may be the. and I think maybe this is the distinction we were searching for earlier when we were talking. Was um, a pursuer could be the spender or um, the saver, right? Distancers could be spenders or savers. It doesn't that distinct. The distinction between pursuers and distancers doesn't necessarily align perfectly with whether somebody's going to be a spender or a saver, but it does look at how they're going to be re- they are going to be anxious in their relationship with money, just like they're anxious in their relationship with their partner. And so they're going to want to talk about it. They're going to want to have that plan um, and really have a way to, they want to engage it. They are the anx- anxiously attached people are the problem solvers in relationship. They're the proactive problem solvers. And so they're going to try to do that with money as well. Mm-hmm.
0: And they often feel out of control with money. Mm -hmm. You know, because no matter how much money they have, they just feel anxious and out of control. That's why I think they want the black and white plan. It's often uh, because they look to others to resolve their issues. They seek advice, Mm -hmm. you know, and that can feel really invasive to their withdrawing partner.
1: Yeah. I mean, they can come in and not only seek advice. I think I have had I've had some pursuers who want their partner to get advice from people on the outside. Right, so there's going to be relationships with maybe parents or uncles and uh, aunts or uh, mentors, people that have that they see as doing well with money that they're going to try to invite in. And they're going to. I've had people say, "Well, why don't you go talk to this so and so about money?" Um, And for the withdrawing partner, the distancer, that's going to that's that's a no go. It's
0: it's too loose of a boundary, Mm -hmm. right? Too permeable. Right. Nobody should know about our finances. Yeah,
1: Um, and so pursuers in that way are going to are going to try to involve a lot of people or get advice or have you read. They're the ones that are going to send you um, a lot of articles that they find about how to invest or how you should spend your money or or even how spending more money on date night – um, is going to be helpful. They're going to they're they're going to send all the, our podcast to their partner about why you should Especially spend or yeah about how why how you should spend your money in regards to um, uh, date nights and weekends away and all the kind Relational of stuff that we talk about. Relational right. priorities come right. back into play there as well, right? But I think it's important to note as well that this is not a this doesn't come from a bad place. Right, I think to the distancer, it's going to feel like they are hypercritical about how they spend, how the couple spends money. That they're going to want to know more than they really need to know. That they're overreacting um, to their financial situation, either in a good way or uh, you know, in positively or negatively. That they're either either wanting to spend too much or save too much. Um, there's just an over. I think distancers a lot of times see anxiously attached partners as overreactors, mm-hmm. right? And so that, that part to me is where you got to start. It's like these efforts with money are well-intentioned for the couple, even if you have if – if I, as a distancer, have different priorities with money and different ways I want to spend money, I have to look at my more anxiously attached partner, pursuing partner, as still having those good intentions with our money as well. Sure,
0: sure. Okay, well, let's come back and talk about uh, more of the withdrawing, distancing part of this. Okay, you guys, I'm a big fan of convenience because I have so little time, and I want to share with you about Lola. It's a female-founded company that offers delivery, organic cotton tampons, pads and liners, and natural cleaning wipes. I love it. The FDA, you know, doesn't require brands to disclose their list of ingredients, but Lola does, and that's really important to me. Unlike other major brands, Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrance, synthetics, or dyes. That's so important for your body. Lola makes your month a little bit easier. Their subscription is fully customizable. You can order what you want. You can even choose a mix of products, absorbency, number of boxes. You can change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. Lola will deliver exactly where you need it, exactly when you need it. For 30% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter foreplay 30 when you subscribe. 30% off mylola.com. So, we want to remind all of you that we are thankful for the way you've shared the podcast. We continue to grow. It is our greatest honor when you share with a friend the work that we're doing in trying to help people so that they can make positive changes and strengthen their marriages and their partnerships. And I think the last thing we'd like to say is both of us are doing intensive. So if you would like to work with us, let us know and call our centers. You can find us at foreplayradiosextherapy.com.
1: And if you like what we're doing and want to help support us, we'd love for you to rate and review us on iTunes. So thanks for listening.
0: I've been so busy between my gardening and getting ready to plant my bulbs that I really just, in my free time, I don't want to cook, which is why I love Daily Harvest. You know, Daily Harvest delivers thoughtfully sourced, chef-crafted food, and it's built on fruits and vegetables, which I love and I always need to eat more of, and it can be prepared in less than five minutes it stays fresh for you in your freezer you can fill your box with 65 different options each daily harvest cup takes one step to prepare and you can add what's best for you like almond milk to a smoothie all of it is harvested at peak season for flavor and the best part is daily harvest single serving cups are the ultimate grab and go meal or snack So go to dailyharvest.com and enter promo code FOREPLAY. Don't forget that to get $25 off your first box. That promo code FOREPLAY for $25 off your first box at dailyharvest.com, dailyharvest.com.
1: So we're talking about money and partnerships, and we talked about the pursuer side of things. Now let's talk about kind of the distancing, more avoidant partners side of things and how they deal with this. And this is really driven by this idea that they do not want to be dependent on other people.
0: That's right. Right.
1: It's driven by this move toward independence um, and a move toward uh, making sure that they are responsible for their own finances and where they are financially.
0: Yeah. So the pursuing partner who's anxious and wants to bring in everybody else, the distancer oftentimes is going to feel really invaded by that. Mm it's like, this is a very private affair. You know, don't tell your parents about how much we make. And, you know, no, I don't need a financial consultant. You know, I can do it on my own, because they they value that sense of independence and often feel like the criticism is, you don't think I'm doing it well enough. That's why you want somebody else. Mm. I also think that Distancers often, because they are uh, focused on intensity and things outside of the relationship, work becomes a really big priority. So for them, there's this pleasure and sense that they get of this is something I can control. Mm -hmm. I'll get raises. I'll get more money the more I invest in this. And this will give me more autonomy and the ability to do what I want. And so, you know, this kind of all bleeds together. They often tend to be workaholics and people who who put all their effort into making a living, saving for their future.
1: Yeah. And I I think there's sometimes where a withdrawer, when they're faced with how they use money a lot of times, is to calm down the tension at home right i mean they use it in such a way and it's also but it's also going to stress them out so if their partner is saying i want this i want to remodel the house or the kitchen or i um i want to spend more money on date nights or i want X, whatever X is, a lot of times the withdrawer can use that and and get confused later on. They'll spend the money on the thing. They'll remodel the kitchen. They'll spend the more money on date nights. They'll take that vacation that their partner is pressing them for. Um, but it's again, it's a dirty yes, like we talked about before. They don't really mean yes. It's It stresses them out to think about that, but they're using money in a sense because they want they want to calm that tension. They're using that in a way to meet the needs of their partner, right? Um, but it doesn't always do what they think that it's doing, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't always meet the needs of their partner in the way that their partner's needs need to be bent.
0: Right. So sometimes you're saying they they spend and they agree to something that they're not really, they're passively in support of. The other thing I've seen with withdrawers is that they make unilateral decisions. Yes. You know, maybe there's a budget or whatever, but they believe that this... You know, the tires are on sale, so they need to go buy them. So, boom, you know, they drop $700 on tires. Not you, honey. I'm, I'm glad you got new tires. That's great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh-huh. he's, take, he's, take, he's taking care of you.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, and they resent any kind of interference, right, from anybody, uh, especially their partner. You know, I think a, a conversation is taken of you don't think I'm making enough. You don't think I'm managing it well enough. Um, mm. all of that.
1: Yeah. And they take the, the again, they take the um, pursuer partner's nervousness or anxiety about money as criticism, mm-hmm. right? And so even if the pursuing partner is just wanting to know some more information, it's hard for the distancing partner to give that, right? Because it's a, it's a threat to, their, to that independence. It's a threat to the autonomy. Um, and so it's not, it comes across to the pursuing partner as if they're trying to be controlling of the money. Right, mm-hmm. and they may want to. They may say, "I want to be in control of our finances." But I've heard a lot of withdrawing partners say, "Doesn't she know that it's okay that if I'm spending this money, that I've thought about all of the reasons why it's okay for us to spend it?" You know, they
0: want to be trusted for yes. their decisions,
1: absolutely, without
0: having to explain those decisions. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, that's where it gets tricky, right? Like that's where it gets to be a little, um, a little contentious there.
0: Sure. And and oftentimes with jars, they want to have their own money, right? Hmm. They want to have their own bank accounts, their own credit cards, where nobody's watching, where they just say, hey, this is the way I'm making this money, and let's maybe split the household in some certain way. But everything else is mine to do with what I please. I, I think one of the difficulties, and I know I'm kind of old school where you throw everything into the same pot, but... One of the difficulties I've seen is couples where the disparity is really great in terms of what they make. Um, So one person throws into the pot and has only very little left over for pleasure and for buying things that they want. And the other person has a massive amount of money left over. Um, I remember one couple I saw, he went to France with her, and it kind of cost her everything to take this trip. And he bought himself a fur coat. I'm like, Wow, that is just weird, you know. She barely made it on the trip, and then he's spending all this money on extravagant things for himself. I I just think that that's hard. But yeah, I'm old school. I think there are new well, ways to, uh, you know, to manage your money together. But I think thinking about it.
1: Yeah, are you are you more in favor of the joint bank account or the separate bank accounts? Well, I and mean, that's kind of a practical tip. I mean, yeah, like, where would you I fa- know, I, fall I, I that. don't
0: want to give it financial advice, but. I do see a pitfall that, you know, if you're, if you have a lot of separateness and your partner gets a raise, right? It's like, woohoo, you got a raise versus woohoo, we got a raise.
1: Yeah, I think to me, the thing about that is there has to be a feeling that our, that our, that we are one with our money, right? So when you talk about whether you should have joint bank accounts or separate bank accounts or a combination of the two, I'm actually more in favor of a combination of the two, but that it is ours, right? Because a, a withholding on any part to take care of the other person, if, if I make more than my spouse or if my spouse makes more than me, right? If, if it doesn't feel like we are one with our money, then there, it's going to cause us problems, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's the thing that we're, we we get to a lot when we talk about finances is that, um, you know, pursuers need to back off of the fear of threats and withdrawers need to come toward them in, with, information. with information, right? Yeah. And that we decide what's going to happen with our money together, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't, um, there's a lot of protection that goes on with money, where we protect ourselves somehow with money, and it makes it really difficult for us to feel like we are connected and we're on the same team when it comes to money. I mean, this is, you mentioned it before, that it, it's, it's very similar to sex, Right, and so if you think about sex this way where one person determines when you have sex and how much sex you have and when the other person doesn't have input into that, like it, it, it can become very difficult in a relationship and it can place strain on a relationship where whatever configuration you come at money with, however you do your finances, that mentality has to underline it. And I have to come away feeling like we are together. Yes, we are. We are one. We are still connected with even in the midst of money issues or the differences about money. And the other person has to as well.
0: Well, speaking of sex, um, you know, there's an old saying that says, One person holds the purse strings and the other holds the keys to the bedroom. Mm -hmm. I mean, sex and money are often used in a relationship, right, for power reasons and control. And I I see this over and over. You know, one person who says, you know, "I, I do all the finances. I make all those decisions. But my partner makes all the decisions about the bedroom. And it's like, ooh, you know, I think I think what has to happen is they're in the middle of a power struggle. So they have to resolve this.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a couple of things that people can do without giving financial advice. We're not a financial advice show, but I do think that there's a couple of things that people can do as a couple to begin to really move this relationship forward. Um, The first one is I think you need a a weekly or biweekly budget meeting. Right. Absolutely. You need to be able to have regular conversations about money where everybody knows, um, even if, if one person is more in control of paying the bills, that's more of their role in the house or um, managing the investments, being able to just say, "Hey, this is what we did this week. This is where this money is going." Um, personally, um, for me, my wife kind of pays all the bills and does all our household finances, and I like that. It's not I'm, money's not something I like, but I do want to know from her what's happening, what kind of decisions is she making on that, um, and any any kind of big decisions she comes to me, and that would be number two for me. Mm. Um, is that you have a limit. All right, you have an upper limit of this is how much I'm allowed to spend. Each of us are allowed to spend without, without consulting the other person, yeah. right? If you have some people I know have like um, where they put a certain percentage of their money in individual bank accounts and this is our fund money and this is what we get to do. Maybe you have something like that. But if you're spending something out of, the, out of whatever is jointly your money, that you have an uh, upper limit that says if I spend more than this, um, I can spend up to this without you questioning me. Right. But if it goes beyond this, then I have to talk to you about it first before I pull that trigger. Yeah. um, I like the money. I think
0: that's really important.
1: And then the third thing I would say is that go together through some sort of financial class together, Hmm. especially early in your relationship. There's tons of them. Um, You can choose. They're all there's not any of them are going to be helpful to you, but the philosophy that you come to how you spend your money, um, it's good to kind of get on the same page. And there's, there's partners that come, you know, everybody comes to the relationship with a little bit of difference in knowledge of of information about finances and how they're going to um, address them, but it may be reading a money book together. But it may be going to some kind of money management class together that just helps you get on the same page, yeah. right? With with money specifically, um, philosophically. Right. Um, it may you may. There's a ton of ways that you can invest. There's a ton of ways that you can save. There's a ton of ways that you can structure how you pay the bills even. But being able to know this is philosophically what we want to do. And we're, we've come to some kind of agreement that helps that feel like a, is a, it's more of a oneness. And you both have the same information and you're both treating it seriously in that in that respect.
0: Yeah. Cool. OK. Thank you so much. Sounds like you, even if you hate money, you have really thought about this a lot more. (laughs) So, Adam, you're abandoning ship.
1: Uh, you're leaving me. I, I wouldn't call it. I mean, as a pursuer, you're going to call it abandonment. Exactly. Of course, I can, <laughs> exactly. I can understand that. Um, as a, um, uh, more of a withdrawer, I'm going to say that I have to, um, kind of take care of myself. And the truth is somewhere in the middle of that. <laughs> um, yes, I am moving on to different things professionally. And well, I'm exceedingly grateful for my time with foreplay and to you, Lori, for, Um, The opportunity, it's just come at time to do something else. Um, But I'm going to miss this terribly. And next week, we're going to kind of do a roundup of things we've learned and takeaways from the show. But overall, it's just been a pleasure to sit in this very hot closet um, for the last three and a half years.
0: I'm going to miss you. uh, But we will talk next week and say our goodbyes. Absolutely. And I will bring the Kleenex.
1: Okay. I will will bring the wine. Keep it hot, y'all. You can now call in your questions to the 4Play question voicemail. Dial 833-MY4PLAY. That's 833, the number 4, PLAY. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes.
0: Hey, help us stay on top here at 4Play. We'd love it if you would subscribe and share it with your friends. And please take one sec and rate and review us. Thanks so much.
1: All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor.